Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everybody. My name is TV Kim. This is the Italian Wine Club on Clubhouse. It is now called a house. I, I'm, I'm a little confused. What's the situation like? A- yeah, so the Italian wine room is now, all the rooms in general are, are now turned into houses. How does the lounge area work? How does that work? It's more of a live room. Mm-hmm. So when you feel like you wanted to just talk to people who belongs in the who subscribed into Italian Wine House, you can just start a room. I wonder, I, I wonder why they did this. But it, it's, a, it's a little bit annoying because now um, we do have to always record it on the roadcaster. Yeah. Or some other means. And one of the, and one of the best thing about the um, clubhouse, we still use it as a recording platform because the quality of the audio on, on Clubhouse platform, I think it's absolutely fantastic. All right, let's get on to the show. I, I'll stop complaining. I'm becoming very tired. I was at the University of Verona today and talking to the students, and I, think, I said, oh, my God, I think there's this one characteristic about all Italians is that they love to complain. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So let me just stop that um, right away. So today, our uh, Ambassador's Corner is with, of course, our uh, mod squad, Sheila Donahue. Ciao, Sheila. Hey. Hi, how are you? Where are you? I'm in California. Yeah, I never know when you're when you're in Italy or you're stateside. Whereabouts in California? So I'm at my company's um, office and warehouse in Ventura. Ah, what's the weather there like now? It's um, we're going towards uh, the Magre, you know. Uh, so it's cloudy. Uh huh. It, you had some crazy weather recently, right? It was snowing and it was cold, yeah. right? Yeah, February was just awful. Right. Did you come to Vinitaly? No, no. Uh, oh, you missed it this year. We had a stand at the um, WSWA conference. Oh, how was that? How, how did that go? Um, it was pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I know it was the same. Um, I know it, it took place at the exact same dates, and also Steve can come. I, I remember um, yeah, about I saw that. Steve there. Yeah, you did. 
Okay. So, you know, you're originally a New Yorker, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've been living in Italy. Whereabouts in Italy? In Bologna. In Bologna. And now you're back in California. Yes. Yeah, I started my company in California instead of New York because I wanted to... um, Basically, uh, we, we focus on small producers that people don't know about, and so we want to offer the possibility for anyone, whether you're a business or consumer, to get your hands on these uh, unknown wines, uh, you know, ripe for discovery. So, um, so with that, we also want to do direct-to-consumer. Ah, okay. As well as, selling, as well as selling to distributors and wine stores and restaurants. So have you got a website? Is it called Verovino? Yes, verovino.com. Okay. And how many um, SKUs, how many um, wines are you carrying at the moment? So we have probably close to 100 now. Right. Yeah. And you're importing them directly your, yourself? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we are, uh, you know, there's a small team of us um, that, uh, you know, uh, basically people that, you know, work with with my company work with me but um but yeah we um we import them um directly and then and then sell them fantastic and is and is uh, aldo clerico one of your uh, producer yeah okay fantastic so um other than um, being your supplier why did you select aldo clerico out of your all your entire portfolio why did you choose aldo so um the reason why I chose him is because, uh, you know, of course he makes, you know, really good wines. Um, you know, he's in the Barolo wine country, so they're, you know, fabulous red wines. But I, um, you know, I remember when I first visited him um, in Monforte d'Alba, and and I found myself talking more about life <laughs> rather than wine. And uh, and that uh, that's why I chose him. I just find him to be you know really down to earth, and um, you know of course not knowledgeable and talented, but just an endearing person. So you know we are crazy about um, learning objectives, right? Because it is part of the Via community. Uh, what are you thinking in terms of learning objectives from this call with Aldo today? So Aldo, um, you know you, you'll. You know, you'll find out when we talk with him that he comes from a storied uh, fa- family of uh, of wine producers. But he, in his family, uh, he didn't. He was the first to, to make wine in his immediate family. So, um, so we'll hear about um, how he came about to to make wine and his decisions in terms of his, uh, you know, vineyard and and winemaking techniques. Okay, very good. I'm looking forward to your conversation. I just wanted to remind everyone, especially to our listeners at Italian Wine Podcast, because we do, um, we have a small group here today, but we do replay all of our um, calls at the Ambassador's Corner um, on Italian Wine Podcast, and they are absolutely one of the more popular shows. And that's ItalianWinePodcast.com. And if and you can find us wherever you get your pause. And uh, I would like to um, ask for a small favor. If you can go, go and also rate our shows, that would be fantastic. 
So um, over to you, Sheila, um, and I will mute myself and come back towards the end of the program to see if there are any questions. Okay? All righty. Okay, so uh, Aldo um, uh, Clerico, who we'll be speaking with, I'll be talking to shortly, is, he likes to call himself a farmer uh, more so than a wine producer. And he makes Barolo wines and, uh, and also Dolcetto, Dogliani, Barbera, and Lang Nebbiolo wines in Monforte d'Alba. So when uh, you go to, to visit him, uh, let's say you're coming from the town of Barolo, you go south about maybe 15 minutes, and then you turn right at Domenico Clerico's winery, and his winery and home is just a little bit down on your right-hand side. So that gives you a little bit idea uh, in terms of some, um, you know, um, uh, where, where he, you know, where he's located and um, and someone that he is related to. <laughs> so Aldo, you can uh, unmute yourself. I'm going to start asking you some questions. Aldo. Let's see. Aldo, you there? Hello? Hi, Aldo. There's a microphone button on the lower right of the screen. You just have to press that to unmute yourself. Great. Uh, you understand me? Everything is okay? Yes, I hear you, Aldo. Hey. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, are you outside right now? Uh, if you want to, if you prefer, I go outside. Oh, no, because it's okay. I, I can hear you now pretty clearly. It's okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Aldo, tell us what it was like as, uh, as a kid growing up in Monforte d'Alba. Uh, did you help your father and grandfather in the vineyards? And what were your first memories as a child in the vineyards? And at harvest. Okay. I'm very lucky, guys, because uh, I live in a very special place called uh, Monforte d'Alba. It's one of the villages of the Ara Foparolo, and it's a very lovely area. Uh, me, uh, I was to start to make wine in 2004. I uh, studied for another job, and uh, but when I, I was little, I helped so much my mommy, my daddy, and my grandparents to work in Vienna because uh, it's not a job for me, but it's a passion. It's so much different. Um, I remember when I was little, I enjoyed too much to go to have Alice with my parents. It's a, for me, it's a fair, it's a party. It's very lovely time with my parents. I enjoy so much. You understand? Yeah, Aldo, um, is there a specific memory that you have uh, as a child um, in, you know, help maybe helping your family in the vineyards or at harvest? Yes. It's a very good experience for me. It was a very good experience. And uh, I like so, so much to be with my family, with my mom and dad. They are so much loving time. And uh, because my family have uh, 
due they make grapes but they sell the grapes for other winemakers and about some year I decided to stay at home and live in the new cellar uh, when I was little I remember a lot of these vintage with my grandfather who was a very special grandparent and uh, it was so much lovely And uh, your, what did your grandfather do for a living? My grandfather was uh, a fireman, but uh, he uh, sometimes he helped my mommy and my grandparent to work at home. Normally he do the work with the tractor. And uh, my granddaddy, my parent, have been uh, to make grapes. Uh, but the sell the grape for other winemaker in this area. We, my grandfather and me, we have uh, Dolcetto, Barbera and the Bielo Girls. We have in totally 6.5 hectares of property. And, uh, and then you uh, decided to study to become an accountant. Uh, why, did you, why did you decide to become an accountant and then what made you decide to not work anymore as an accountant? Okay, when I decide what school to the, to, uh, to study, I was a stupid guy, <laughs> a very stupid guy, and uh, I tried to make uh, an accountant. I finished uh, the school and I go to the Eton for last one month. After I decided. This is not my job because I don't like too much working in office, people have no passion, I'm not free. And uh, about uh, last one month, I decided to stop to do it and start a new life. First, I go to work in some cellar, uh, with, um, in some cellar in Tizara, and after I stay at home. Me, uh, my job is not a job, but it's a passion. Well, I think when the, the job is a passion, I'm not so much tired. It's, uh, it's different. It's not a job. It's a passion. It's very different. It's not so much tired. It's a lovely job. So uh, when you decided to um, become a winemaker, uh, you uh, were an apprentice, uh, so a stagista, at your uh, your cousin, your father's cousin's winery, which is Domenico Clerico. And what um, what did you learn from that experience working at Domenico Clerico's winery? Okay. Um, I work in some cellar five years first to start me. And uh, more one year, I work to Domenico Clerico. Domenico Clerico was the cousin of my baby. And uh, it was a very good picture for me because I think uh, uh, he learned me a lot of things. Uh, he transmitted me the passion for the wine and for the vineyard. And uh, to Domenico, I learned a very simple rules to make a good wine. With a good two grapes, it's very easy to make a good wine. With a bad grapes, it's impossible to make a good wine. It's very simple rules, but more important of my job for the quality of the wine. And um, 
uh, I learn a lot of things. I go to study for the wine. I learn with a uh, job, a different. And uh, I was very lucky because Domenico Clerico explained me we do it because why. He learned me the secret for a good wine, and after I started to make wine. Uh, for example, the fermentation are more similar than Domenico, but for example, for my tasting, I don't like too much new barrack. And, and for this, uh, for example, in my in all my wine, it's uh, a blend of different barrack and barrel. Some are not so much new, so, and some is more for part are new, because for my tasting, so much good in wine, I don't like so much. But this is my opinion and uh you uh, you follow the the moon uh so the lunar cycles in yes your, in your vineyard and your winemaking and why is that yes for more work in the cellar and the vineyard we look at the phase of the moon because here in this area is more traditional with the moon. It's uh, my daddy, my granddaddy, and uh, more and more parents ago look this, and me, they continue to look this. Because uh, my wine is not dyed, it's not pasteurized, I don't kill the wine. They have a continual evolution, and for this, for more job, we look the moon. For example, when we put the wine in bottle, normally we prefer the old moon, not in a new moon and not in a full moon, because the, all the traditional in this era, if I put the wine in this uh, phase of the moon, new and uh, full moon, the life of the wine has become so much shorter, shorter. and maybe uh, when I put in full moon, when you taste the wine, you have a little sensation of bubble, and uh, in some in my own wine are not so much good. And normally, because in the old moon, at the best period for the, li the life of the wine become more longer, and you have less problem of oxidation for the wine. And this moon, this phase of moon, we look at the same when we work in vineyard. For example, during winter, when we cut the plant and some part go in the soil, we look the moon. Normally, we prefer in the uh, younger moon or full moon, because the plant, the new plant, the next year it becomes more stronger. We need a stronger plant. After the year more grows, no problem, because during the summer we cut the grapes if the plant has more and put in the soil. Normally it's job to me and my mom and baby and my wife, because we know exactly the way the plant will look each of these. Okay. And um, <clears throat> you've said that uh, every wine you make needs to pass your taste test before releasing. Uh, what do you look for in a wine, and how do you know it is ready to release? But because... Uh, First, I think uh, the first client of uh, Aldo Clerico I meet. And for this, when I put the wine in bottle, I, I want to uh, enjoy me. Not about uh, your uh, 
some people in the world have the same taste in mind, but first for me, because I meet the first client and uh, on the bottle I put my label with my name. And if I don't like this wine, it's very difficult for me to present for other clients. I don't, um, it's not so good for me. And normally, the first client I meet. For example, uh, for Nebbiolo, uh, I like, uh, for my tasting, I like uh, strong tanning. And normally, all the Nebbiolo have more tanning because I like it too much. And w uh, what about your Barbera? Uh, my Barbera, for example, is one of the grapes uh, we have in Zara. And uh, in my case, Barbera stay more one year in wood, but I don't call with the name Superiore, because when I start to make wine, I not use this name. And at the moment for me, it's not necessary to use this name. A lot of people think it's uh, the best, uh, but um, maybe. But in my case, uh, I don't want to create confusion of the clients. I think that the best for the client is not the name, but in the glass. When they taste it, they enjoy, they love, but the best then uh, I write in the label superior or not. It's not necessary for me. And for example, my Barbera stays more vanilla in wood, is more than superior in wood, but I prefer the wood. And uh, I put, for example, in my case, I make only a classical Barbera, I'm free to use wood or not, but for me, I prefer putting wood, because it changes, become a little bit uh, sweet tanning, more soft, little spice and each of these cover your sensation of acidity when you're tasting. Because Barbera, when it's young, is more acid, more difficult to drink. If I don't put uh, in wood, no, only steel tank, the acidity at the same, don't change. It's very difficult to drink. Maybe you taste some young Barbera, you have a little bit problem of stomachache. If I put in wood, this sensation of doing a little bit of spice cover your sensation but the acidity there are do you also said before that you don't want new buddy you don't want new uh, new oak um, and why is that I don't every year I change a little bit the new barrack, but not so much because for my tasting I don't like uh, when you taste a wine a lot of wood in the glass. I prefer the fruit of the wine. Uh, the, um, I don't like so much this, and for this I, I don't use so much new wood. And in my cellar there is some part wood and some part barrack. For example, Barbaras is a mix, a small quantity in barrel and some, and some part in barrel. Uh, and uh, because for my tasting, too much food uh, I don't like for me. Okay, and uh, I know that you make three Barolos. Um, yes. And there's uh, one Barolo in particular that is the most special for you, which is the Ginestra Barolo. Um, yes. So why why is it so special? Barolo Ginestra, we started to make in 2004, and for me, is a uh, hurt wine. 
because for the label I used to end my little principles, Martin and Melissa, my song, and uh, I became debut for the first time in 2004, and uh, TCR uh, started with the vintage of Barolo Ginestra and decided to make a label with the name of Martin and Melissa, and for me is uh, my best uh, wine. And uh, this wine arrived uh, from a special crew in uh, called Ginestra. It's the vineyard of my mother-in-law because uh, today, uh, some day ago, he started to sell me some grapes from this special vintage. And every year I'm very lucky because I decided first to start to take the grapes to harvest and go the day first and decide what is the best for me and I cut and go home for unification. And this wine for me is uh, my little baby. And uh, t tell us who your uh, mother-in-law's uh, father is. Okay. My, I make this wine from yesterday because my mother-in-law have some years here. Some years ago, my mother-in-law was one of the boss sellers in Vigara. But in 2014, he decided to sell 15% of uh, seller uh, wine, everything, but he takes 15% of the wine because my wife and a brother need to work. To work. And at the moment, he stopped me wine and uh, uh, he sent the grace me and the other way maker called the Paolo Contano from Ginestra. So, uh, so what I, just a quick comment, but I think what's really cool about Ginestra too, it's the combination of, of your family and, and your wife's family, right? Yes, yes. It's uh, the idea of my mother-in-law. So, what uh, have you found um, to be the uh, benefits and, and also challenges of having relatives nearby that make wine similar to you? Allora, me, I'm a little winemaker and I like too much to make Because me, first uh, to be a winemaker, I'm a farmer, a farmer and I love this job. Uh, because if I stay little, for me, I have a lot of queue, more time to go in the, in the cellar, I'm a I have uh, a lot of time to do it. If I become uh, a lot uh, more bigger, for me, it's uh, a problem going in the, because I'm not a farmer. I need to become a businessman, because if I make more and more bottles, I need to go a lot of ways to sell. I prefer Stanton to have more tool in my farmer. And uh, I love you. And um and and tell us uh, uh a little bit more about your decision to not put uh superiore on your Barbera Dalba uh label. Uh because me, I, I, for example, of this wine, I make a very small, uh, small, small quantity of this bottle, and it's impossible to make 
to wine uh, with uh, all these games. And uh, I think uh, Superiore or Barbera Dalba are the same. I think it's the client who decides what is the best, this or another. It's not uh, necessary the name. I think people, they don't need to drink with the eyes, but with the tasting at the best. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And, um, and tell us about the, uh, the other Barolos that you make. Okay. I make a of Barolo, the last one, my special is from Ginesta, but I make the two kinds of Barolo. The first Barolo is a classical Barolo, is a blend of different vineyards, and all the vineyards arrive from the village of Monforte. All the wine in this bottle are made from Barolo, the best vineyards, and, and are the same vintage. It's impossible to put different vineyards a different vintage in the interesse in Barolo and uh, is a blend because every year of this wine we have three four million different vineyards during harvest we separate the vineyard we have the uh, same fermentation but different result because normally different vineyard and different wine when finish a fermentation they stay separate uh, with the and we put in wood, some part in barrack and some part in a little in barrack. All this line, is a three, four kind of barolo, stay separate. About two years in wood, we put in steel tank, and we decide what is the best or what are the best. Maybe it's possible, one year is uh, one linear, next year another linear, or two together because for example one is the best for the tasting the other is for the parking and the other is for the structure when we decide what kind are the best we blend we make a lot of sample and we taste it and we decide what is the best for me uh, it's more fluid more stronger more powerful and at the moment, are some vintage are so much alcohol because the climate here become crazy. The other uh, Barolo is called uh, with the name uh, Barolo from Serralunga. It's a singular vino from another village called Serralunga. It's a very structure, very uh, tanning, very clean tanning and more spicy and uh, stay only in barrel, not in barrack, but only in a big, for me in two years. And after normally we put in bottle and stay some month to rest in peace. I'm very little, but I love. And, uh, and your, um, the, all of your Barolos come from an MGA, correct? Yes, uh, because for example, the classic Barolo is the uh, Barolo, Bricco San Pietro, but I don't use the name. Uh, I make a classic Barolo, but if I want the next year to use, I have no problem for this. In Saralunga, I run the vineyard, and for me, it's not uh, good to use the name, because if the boss, about a year, he decides to sell, for me, it's impossible to buy, because today, the price of the vineyard Barolo are more expensive, more crazy price. 
because the right people to invest with investment, uh, industrial people, they buy, they spend a lot of money. And for me, for normal people, it's impossible to buy. And for this, I don't use the name from Serra Lunga, but the clue is Ceretta, but I don't use because maybe about one year, two years, three years, stop to exist. This wine have uh, no, maybe have no future. And uh, for this, I prefer use the name of the village because about some years I stopped to rent because the old boss sell. I have a it probably to find another vineyard in the village of Saralunga. The name then to change because the most important the grapes arrive from the village for Saralunga. And I have a little bit more probably to find. In the same time, I very impossible to find near. Uh, and for this, I don't use the name. Ginestra, I use because I'm just married and I hope uh, it don't divorce to me. <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of your, your wife, uh, I, how does she help you in, in your winery? Okay, my wife has been in office. But for me, it's perfect because I don't like working in office to make uh, invoice, uh, elsewhere, email. Uh, no, it's not my job. I don't like And uh, when you have uh, time, he has me for this. And uh, I'm very happy with this because it's a great job for me. I prefer going to Vina. I'm free um, uh, with the cat, maybe something. The cat come to me in Vigna. I'm very free. It's a very lovely work in Vigna or in the cellar. Office, uh, I don't like too much. <laughs> maybe if I need to do it, okay. But uh, if it's possible, my wife do it and uh, for me it's the best. Yeah, it sounds like a match made in heaven, Aldo. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, you mentioned before about um, the, the challenge of having uh, your Barolo with a higher alcohol due to the climate change. Do you see any, um, any other um, ways, let's say, to combat the changes, the challenges okay. that, that you're finding with climate change? Um. We use some uh, method for the problem of cli climate because here the climate is so much crazy. It is winter, it's not snow, it's strange. It has more months than rain. Here everything is dry. It's a big problem for the plant, but for the human so much. Uh, Today, when we put the new plant, we make a new vineyard. Normally, we put the new plant have less problem for the dry. And during summer, we need to clean a little bit the grapes to need to clean it because they need to take sunny. As some year, they don't clean so much because if I clean so much, I have a big problem. The sunny burn the grapes and normally, Maybe probably this is the grapes when we make a wine have a little sensation on burned and for this are not so much good. And uh, about uh, some months ago it's possible to put irrigation for uh, the vineyard 
first uh, are forbidden, but today are okay. But here yeah, there are a big problem. Where is the water? We don't find the water. Uh, I have some uh, guys, they try to find water in the soil, but here there is a problem. When you try to find water in this place, you have a lot of more property, you have a water with salt, and the plants are not so good, much good. We try for raining and a normal climate. And what about um, the uh, m making wines uh, with uh, uh, with the the changes due to the climate? What, what have you found in terms of the um, okay. the challenges? Uh, the normal in the normal vintage, the harvest, for example, Nebbiolo starts at ten fifteenth October. But some in this year or last year, uh, normally we cut the grapes early than a normal winter because we don't need too much alcohol in the bottle. Uh, last year, for example, some friends attend September finish. Me, I'm lucky man because they decide to waiting. And uh, the second, third October, raining one day and the uh, plants are very good uh, are perfect because they take water but they take something with the soil and uh, i was very lucky to wait in. okay um all right well those are all the questions i have um shall we turn it turn the questions over to the room Okay, so, okay, I'm back. Hello. I've actually invited a couple of people to speak because they asked their questions, but they can come up or we can read their questions. I've in, I had invited. So Bev Burdeen, she has a couple of questions. One is, what is so unique? Oh, she's now a speaker. Bev, why don't you ask your questions yourself? Okay. Bev, you got to turn on your mic. Oh, the uh, right-hand bottom corner. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. How are you, Bev? I'm fine. It's still morning here in Alberta, Canada. How how early is that? Um. Oh, it's gosh, twenty to eleven. Okay, so go shoot away your questions to Aldo. Aldo, okay. what makes the Genestra soil so special, or is it its location with the sun? Okay, in the soil from Genestra are more stronger than in Mayara or than Saralunga. Ginestra have no sand in the soil. In uh, Saralunga there are a little bit of sand and a very special terroir for the very good wine. And maybe these vines are very older, are 16 years older, very older. And normally the old vines are the best than the new vines. Okay, thank you. And um, <laughs> although because of the risk of sunburn, have you changed how you're doing your canopy management or green pruning for the grapes? Uh, sorry, I can't understand. Sheila, <laughs> help me in Italiano. In Italian, please. <laughs> Come uh, say, say, David. Um, 
manipulare le, uh, le foglie delle vigne per combattere il sole. Cosa fai con... Uh, allora, io te lo devo però dire in italiano, poi tu traduci perché qui io non lo so in inglese. Possiamo fare così? Ok. Allora, noi durante l'estate eh, dobbiamo togliere i doppi, sarebbero i polloni. È tutto un lavoro che si fa a mano, diciamo, nella fascia grappolo, perché così il grappolo prende più luce, più raggi del sole. Negli ultimi anni questo lavoro viene fatto, ma togliamo togliamo meno polloni, le lasciamo un pochino più coperte dal sole, che siano un pochino più all'ombra, per evitare che il sole me le bruci. So, uh, typically in the summer he, he would be uh, wanting more exposure to the sun, um, and uh, in the last couple of years uh, they haven't done that. He, he's, wanting, he's been wanting the grapes to be covered. Okay, thank you for the translation. Thank you, Sheila. welcome. Okay, then I'm going to um, ask Paul, Paul Bologna. Ciao, Paul. Ciao, ciao, everyone. Where are you? Uh, I'm actually in a hotel by the beach. <laughs> of course you're at a hotel by the beach. You have that special privilege that none of us have. <laughs> I'm waking up with my coffee and enjoying the chat. Um, well, my question is really kind of simple and straightforward, and, and I'm curious to know if um, Aldo feels the same way as maybe other vintners in the region. But the, the question is, is what is uh, your favorite grape uh, to work with in the vineyard? And is that the same grape uh, that you enjoy working with in the cellar? Okay. My best uh, kind of uh, grapes are Nebbiolo because when I clean in the summer, you have a, maybe you don't clean to go another time for cleaning a little bit. When I clean, stay cleaning during the green harvest. The other kind of in my product ricetta, you need to do it not only one time but at the second time. And uh, Barbera. I don't like too much because uh, it becomes too much dirty, the plant, and we need a lot of cleaning. Nebbiolo is more, one is more easy to work, and the variety are more stronger. They have less problem for dry, for anything. They have no problem. And uh, my favorite uh, wine in the cellar are the same, Nebbiolo, because uh, we don't need uh, a lot of work in the cellar. We have normally we have a lot of work during harvest, during fermentation. But when finish a fermentation, the wine are okay. Rest in peace. We don't need too much job. And uh, we don't need the more cleaning first going bottle because they have in the Biolo, for Barolo, for example, they have uh, the years for cleaning is more soft cleaning and you don't need too much work for Nebbiolo. Okay, thank you very much, Paolo. Listen, so Aldo, I'll, I have a couple of questions for you. 
Uh, my first question to you is: You keep on saying you're small, you're tiny. How small are you in terms of you know uh, the volume of production? I see that you have one. You have Doliani, Dolcetto d'Alba, yes. Balbero d'Alba, Lange, Doc, Barolo di OCG, and then you have the Ginestra and Barolo di OCG del Comune di Serralunga. Yes, I right. have only seven wine. Right. How many wine. bottles do you produce? 40,000 bottles. In total. But it's uh, in total, yes. Because me, I have uh, 6.5 hectares of property. And uh, for me, it's the perfect. I don't want to become too much bigger. And how... Um, and how how big is your team? Like I, you said, you work also with your wife. Is that correct? Yes, me, my wife, mommy, and baby in the cellar or in office. In Vienna, uh, we have a cooperative. We have people from. Ah, okay, you have the co-ops. Yeah. Yes, because in my job, we only have one or two. Uh, is not so much good because some workers. When, for example, about Sunday we start to work in the we have a lot of work and we have no more time to do it. And for this, maybe uh, in this period we need a lot of people. Only one or two are not uh, okay. About Sunday, come to me, for example, eight to ten people for uh, six by day to finish all. Okay, and and so how how are you organized? Who is doing what? What what are you? What do you? What do you do exactly at the winery? Uh, normally, this guy uh, stay here, mm-hmm. this year, and some son go to school from with me. Uh, at the moment, I Italian people. Our guys, they are more ten years lives here, and they do this job. They know what they want, and uh, it's perfect for me. Because I really, uh, they work and they have no problem. But normally, some of us go in Vigne with this guy to control if something are not so good and we work together with this guy. So I, I say you're a small producer. How long have you been doing this? How, long, how old is your winery? About 20, 20 years, you said? I started in 2004. Is uh, almost your 20th anniversary. What was your yeah. first vintage? Is uh, 24. It's a very good vintage. Very fantastic vintage. It's very fantastic. Me, fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. For me, I have another. It's my first vintage. For me, it's the one of the vintage of my water of my heart. So where you're you're only producing a small number of bottles. Where are you? Where is your wine available mostly? Of course, um, yes. Sheila is now um, yes. importing your wine stateside. But yes. where is your your? How are you distributing your your wines? Because you have a very small quantity, right? Yes, but uh, a lot of my wine go out Italy. I sell a lot from Denmark, mm-hmm. something uh, a lot from Germany, Belgium, from the Europe, and some other from Asia, but not so much from Asia. But uh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, you're happy being small. Yes, so uh, I think the most me I met, me and my family are happy. After I don't need uh, 
Okay, so Aldo, let me ask you another question. It's a bit cheeky, but how can you tell in, in, in a blind tasting? Let's say you have, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight barolos.、Um, how can you understand which one is your barolo? Do you have a specific characteristic which is, you can recognize that says, oh, I know that's my barolo? Sheila.、Uh, Translate for me, please. Allora, se dovessi fare una disgustazione a cieco, no? Come、okay. potresti riconoscere tra, non so, diciamo 6, 7, 8 bottiglie、uh, di Barolo? Come puoi riconoscere il tuo Barolo? Con quale caratteristica che tu sei certo da dire?、Oh. Sì, questo è il mio. Ok. E perché? Because in every bottle I put something on me. For example, for Barbera or Barolo, I like more tanning and maybe probably my Barolo with more tannings may be in mine. And no more wood, you have more property, is my wine for this. For example, uh, uh, my, my crazy. One of the perfect vintage is 2016, is a very special vintage, and the moment is so much younger than 17, for example. Every vintage is different. For example, normally, a sunny vintage, the tanning are more soft, a little bit sweet, more soft, more easy to drink. And normally, a sunny vintage is more easy to drink first than a normal vintage. And、uh, okay, okay, so I've invited John to、um, he has a question. This is kind of the old times, you know, we used to have everybody up on stage to ask a question. Today, we had plenty of time left over, so we have some of our、uh, ambassadors at large. Hey, John, anyway, thank you. Uh, I'll go quick question. In the proximity here in Monforte de Alba, I, and forgive me, I'm not very familiar with,、uh, with, your, with your style of wines, but、uh, in the proximity of Barolo Boy territory, do you consider yourself more of a traditionalist,、uh, more of a modernist, or somewhere in between? And, and what makes the difference for you?、Uh, yeah, the guys called the Barolo Boys are、uh, not a tra- no, no more traditional winemaker. For example, Domenico Clerico or Chiara Boschi are some of these guys. And they started more a year ago to use Beric. Beric,、uh, first,、uh, him are not very traditional in this area. A lot,、uh, a lot of winemakers, they old style. They use not Beric, but they use、uh, Barrel. They use Big. Uh, Barolo Boys、uh, start uh, with uh, more barrack, but today some of these guys、uh, have barrack, but they have barrel too. Some years ago we have only barrack, barrack, barrack. For example, when I worked for Domenico Clerico, he had only barrack, for example. Today they change a little bit. They have barrack and they have、uh, big, big barrel. For me, I prefer a little bit、uh, not all new and not all old style because、uh, I prefer staying in the middle because barrack are good for something wine and barrel are good for other kind of wine. There are no the barrack are the best or the barrel are the best. Each of these complete the wine. 
Okay, I guess John, um, John, you 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 were kind of asking. We had kind of the similar question, just we just asked in a different way. So the answer is he's kind of in the middle. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think I guess we just have to try out your wine, Aldo. We are very curious now. Um, I think okay. yes, absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome you. in Piedmont when you decide to come. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you very much, and thank you everyone for joining us today. Let me give a small cheer. Uh, that's a little clap uh, from. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Sheila. Thank you very much for inviting Aldo and moderating um, the call today. And um, Bev, Paul, John, this is. I love this community because everybody's. John, where are you now? I'm actually having a nice cold beer sitting in front of the beach in Miami. Oh my goodness! Are you guys trying to get me jealous? You're all at the beach. I, I isn't anybody working anymore? I don't know. But we are working right now. What do you call what we're doing at the <laughs> Okay. All right. Sounds good. I'm gonna bring back up Laika. Hey, Laika. Hi, Stevie. Okay. So who's on next? Okay. Next week. Um, it's actually our 90, 91st episode next week. Crazy. Um, so, yeah. So we've got Pablo. He's actually one of the audience here. Pablo Fernandez. Um, he will be interviewing Anderson Hernanes, or I think he's also called El Profeta in the soccer world. <laughs> and is that um, um, Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, oh, sorry. It's going to be on Friday, May 5 um, at 6. Oh, next Friday. Okay, very good. Alrighty. Okay, that's it for now. I'm going to sign off. Thank you very much. It's my daughter's birthday, so I'm going to run. It's good that we finished a bit earlier. And see you next week. Grazie ragazzi. Ciao Aldo, ciao Sheila, Bev, Paul, John, like a... Ciao ragazzi. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, chin chin.